It's episode 35 of the Trail Talk Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the show, the podcast, where I bring all things off-road, side-by-sides, desert racing, and more each week to your ears. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. So what's new, everybody? Since the last episode, I can say nothing too incredibly crazy has happened. I mean, really. Got a unplanned group ride in last Sunday. Uh, pretty much right in my backyard. Um, started between Spanish Springs and Golden Valley. I actually took off as a solo ride. I was just going to do an hour or two on my own, just out uh, kicking up dust. And ended up running into a group of people I knew and ended up leading their group on an adventure um, through the northern Nevada desert. Ended up at Moon Rocks, which is a riding area, OHP area, um, about 25 miles to the north of where I live. Um, So took what I had planned to be a two to three hour ride and turned it into a seven hour ride. Um, Overall, it was really good. Had uh, one guy, Miss Judge, um, coming over a hill, caught a rock, um, ended up rolling his Pro XP. No injuries, no major damage, mostly cosmetic, but that definitely made for an eventful little bit as we recovered his rig and got him back on all four wheels. Other than that, honestly, not a lot has been going on. Um, My wife, Caitlin, has been gone since last Saturday on a trip to central and northern Minnesota to visit grandparents and uh, all that fun stuff. So she's out there with her parents, and I have been left home to take care of the dog and cats and obviously go to work. Um... Work has been chaos. Um, We are, I think, officially nine people out right now um, with the dreaded Rona virus. Um, It happens. You know, I don't talk about politics and the virus and all that on the podcast all that often. But it happens. Everybody's going to get it one way or another. And it just happened to sweep through our office. Um... Luckily, my test was negative, and pretty much everybody that's constantly customer-facing was negative. It was mostly in the back. Um, my voice is a little hoarse, not because of COVID. I've been, uh, it's that good old time of year. I am fighting my allergies on that Claritin regiment. So, the heat was on. At best in the desert, the all-terrain concepts UTV Legends Championship was held in Laughlin, Nevada. Temperature soared well over 100 degrees as racers tried to keep their cool on a unique 17-mile course that is not considered a long-short course or a short-long course. We were not in attendance, but um, I got to see some of the action. It was really fun to watch. looked like a super, super fun course. Um, for that race, drivers need a setup that can corner well like a short course car, but still have enough gearing to open it up on long straightaways. Um, 
the racing that takes place in Laughlin is always fast-paced and wide open, with the exception of what they've dubbed the Fox Proving Grounds. Most of the terrain is flat and fast with tight turns on the infield, and long straight sections in the desert leaves it a uh, few choices other than to run flat out from the drop of the flag. And when you throw in a land rush start, it becomes even more intense. The race brought together a diverse group of competitors, including a youth classes, bikes, ATV, purpose-built short course UTV, and the UTV desert racing crowd. It's an event for all of those who love all forms of racing. It's action-packed, filled with great competition. Quick recap of it, um, time trials were run for the Pro Turbo and Open UTV qualifying. On Thursday, Mitch Guthrie took the pole, and the youth classes were the first to hit the track. Friday, they ran an infield section of the course so nobody would get lost in the desert. Um, so much fun to see the kids have so much desire for going fast and having a lot of fun. The kids had a long list of classes they can compete in, including Youth 170, um, Stock 170 Mod, 250, 570, 570 Mod, and 800 Mod. If that's not enough, they also had a Youth 1000 RS1 UTV class. The youth racers are developing the next generation of racing legends, and it's quite entertaining to watch. Um, and the Little Rippers run just as hard as their older counterparts. Not going to go into detail, detail, detail. Um, if you want to see results, you can check it all out on bestinthedesert.com. B-I-T-D.com. I'm sorry. Had to, uh, I had to correct myself there. It's Best in the Desert. www.bitd.com. Also, to touch on some racing news, the Big House slammed the door on 2021 championship off-road season. Crandon. Crandon, Wisconsin, where every year grows to about 15 times its size on Labor Day weekend for what is the biggest event in short course racing, and nothing even comes close. Surrounded by 400 acres of beautiful trees and grasses, you can feel the magic and history that encompasses the track the minute you enter the facility. For 52 years, drivers have been racing around the track, all trying to become a Crandon World Champion, a title every off-road driver covets. Desert Racing has the Baja 1000, NASCAR has Daytona, Indy has the Indy 500, and Crandon is the Super Bowl of off-road racing. You can check out results from Crandon on Crandon International Raceway's website and championshipoffroad.com. So I'm going to introduce a brand new segment to the podcast this week. And if you have been a follower of, of mine in any way, shape, or form for a while, um... I used to do a weekly series on my Instagram, which actually kind of inspired the start of this podcast, where I called it What the Friday. And on Friday, 
I would talk about something. Well, I'm going to re-envision that this week. Making its return forward slash debut to the Trail Talk Show, my segment where I will call What the Friday. Now, a little different from the way I did it on Instagram, I talked about a topic. It was more a podcast form. But for this segment in my show, because my episodes do drop every Friday, I'm going to have this segment where you just want to say, what the fuck? What is going on? Or why? Or a story that I have found during the week since the previous episode that I just need a moment to rant about. That's what it's about. And I'm going to tell you with the headline. And again, this podcast is more off-road related. Um, but my What the Friday for this week, and here's the headline. Season opening class gets short track makeover with LA Coliseum debut. Now, if you're a NASCAR fan or a racing fan, you understand what that means, but... Let me break it down and let me give you my what the Friday thoughts about this. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had to prepare myself for this conversation. The season opening clash is an exhibition race and has been run at Daytona International Speedway for many, many years. It's kind of the shake the rust off event and has generally been a race for the NASCAR Cup Series drivers who had a top qualifying position in the previous year, also known as Pole Award. And then they changed the name of it. It was the Bush Class, then the Budweiser Shootout. It's had all these names over the year, but the classic name is the Clash. Now, it's been run on the 2.5-mile superspeedway at Daytona since its inception. It had a stint on the Daytona road course. But it's about to get a taste of West Coast flavor in 2022, making a historic first visit to the tradition-rich Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, as said by NASCAR. It's going to be the only venue to host two Olympic Games, or it's the only venue that's ever hosted two Olympic Games. We'll add NASCAR Cup Series racing to its 98-year-old portfolio next season. The event is be going to be contested around a quarter-mile asphalt oval track that will be built around the facility's football field. The Los Angeles event will mark the first time the preseason clash will be held outside of Daytona International Speedway since its inception in 1979. Now, what is going on with this is, is absolutely mind-boggling. I understand the, quote, exhibition race. 
that the clash is. But what is NASCAR thinking? Not only will this be the first time NASCAR's ever run the clash outside of Daytona. They're doing it around a football field. I don't even, nobody even knows what this thing is going to look like because the track hasn't been built yet. They're building a track around the football field probably as we speak or as I speak, as you listen. So here's how the schedule's breaking out. NASCAR is going to go to Los Angeles, run a, what I predict will be a complete joke of an event. Load back up the next week. Be in Daytona for the Daytona 500. Okay? Two opposite coasts, two ends of the country. To then load back up after Daytona and drive to Fontana, California the following week for the NASCAR Cup Series race at Auto Club Speedway, which is a reconfigured Auto Club Speedway, or so we think. The reason NASCAR hasn't been to Fontana in a while was one because of COVID-19 in California and then they made this huge deal that they were going to reconfigure Auto Club Speedway from a two mile oval to a short track of some kind now has that happened? I have no idea all the headlines from Auto Club Speedway say NASCAR returns to Auto Club Speedway's two-mile oval. So apparently that hasn't happened. The logistics behind this alone take away the fact that they're going to put NASCAR cars in a football stadium load them back up, take them to Daytona, load them back up again, go back to California. On top of that, the first competitive look race fans are going to get of the dubbed next-gen car will be on an asphalt pavement around a football field. Marshmallow says hi. He feels strongly about this as I do. What the Friday, NASCAR? What is going on? And I don't... Now, I know a lot of my listeners are not racing fans or not NASCAR fans. 
So from a sports standpoint, whether you like desert racing or you like football or whatever it may be, NASCAR has spent millions or billions of dollars developing a brand new stock car for next year, and they're going to debut it in a football stadium. I'm going to take a quick break. That has been the first edition of What the Friday on the Trail Talk Show. I'll be right Colorado-based startup Rindev, Rindev, R-I-N-D-E-V, announces pre-order reservations for the revolutionary experience-driven electric side-by-side. Here we go again. Designed to address issues of global warming and overall experience, Rindev is the first company of its kind to produce an all-electric, high-performance, long-range vehicle in this market, end quote. Their goal is to combat global environmental issues. Rindev, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, to be honest, is an engineering and technology platform to electrify the power sports industry. Their goal is to use these vehicles to replace the traditional internal combustion engine with electric motors. With consumer-driven engineering, their goal is to provide a solution for each of its vehicles that will be durable and resistant to all-season weather conditions. Base model starting at $29.99, or $29,999, their claim is it will offer 250 miles of range, or a 350-mile range model that will start at the price of $39,999. And these vehicles will have optional accessories, including enclosures. A $100 deposit reserves your place in line to receive one of these vehicles. Production will start in the fourth quarter of 2023. Again, 2023. With all-wheel drive and precision riding control, it's said that this vehicle will be very capable trail runner and a rock crawler, as well as a dune racer. It will have a 120-volt output using power tools or powering a campsite. Um, Rindev has announced they have very ambitious growth plans, just as Tesla emerged to capture the electric car space before gas-powered OEMs could do it. Rindev wants to do the same in the UTV market. I covered electric UTVs before. Talked about them. We know Polaris is releasing the all-electric Ranger. And here we go again. Time to time to throw throw it out there. I am all for people changing the world and doing exciting and new stuff. But here we go. Taking money for a unit in 2023. Have we not heard that announcement and plea for money before? Speed UTV. I don't know. 
I think the electric vehicle wave is is coming to the power sports industry. Um, we know it is with Polaris. Um, I don't remember the name of the brand I covered that has never released a unit <clears throat> like Speed UTV. Um, it wasn't Speed UTV, but there was another one I covered when I talked about the electric vehicles and the announcement of the EV Ranger. The electric vehicle craze is coming. It's going to affect the UTV world. It's already getting into the motocross world with companies like Cake or Cock or however the hell you pronounce it. But to the UTV market, obviously Polaris is going to be the first of the game. They're going to be the biggest and the baddest because that's Polaris's way of doing things. But with that, we have another startup. <clears throat> a company, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, my allergies are killing me. Um, we have another company. I mean, this thing, if you Google Rindev UTV, this thing looks like a body-wise, chassis-wise, looks like a squared-off knockoff of the Polaris Pro XP chassis. Um, there's some other renders or demo images or whatever. It looks like a minivan with off-road suspension. Where I'm going with this, and I'm not trying to be negative. I don't, I've said it before in this show, I don't ever want to see anybody fail. I don't want to see anybody's dream die. But how many times are we going to see <clears throat> Speed UTV uh, companies um, come out of nowhere that we've never heard of? create something new, start taking money and disappearing or falling flat on their face. Um, there's not enough information on the Rindev or Ride EV or maybe it's Ride EV. No, it's R N. I don't even know. I'm going to go with Rind EV, Rindev. R-I-N-D-E-V, Rindev. We're going to go with it. We don't know enough about Rindev. You do a Google search of Rindev UTV and they don't even have a website. They have a Instagram page. Let's click on I'm going to, we're, we're going to do this live actually. Yeah, see their Instagram page is private. So here, here again... A new manufacturer's coming in. We don't know anything about them. We don't know anything behind them. Are they ambitious as Elon Musk and Tesla? Maybe. Is that their goal to be? Because, you know, anybody can do anything you want. If that's what you want to do. But, again, we've seen too many of these overnight startups um, kind of fall on their face or just never become anything. I mean, you, you see companies like Segway, for example, getting into the power sports market. They're kind of growing in Canada and overseas with hybrid units. Um, 
when I talked electric UTVs, I talked about, I would show more interest in a hybrid versus an all electric in the immediate future because of range issues. And I mean, for example, my ride Sunday was long. I don't know if an electric UTV would have been able to, to keep up. And then what do you do? There's there's no charging ports in the middle of the desert. And in their announcement, this their quote, they said a potential dune racer. Well, if you're racing through the dunes or racing through the deserts, there are no EV charging stations on the Vegas Torino course to run an electric vehicle. But he can change batteries. I'm really, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really trying not to be negative um, about it. Maybe it's just the mood I'm in today. I honestly don't know. But I want to see someone come out with these and they work. That's what I want to see. We, have, we haven't even seen Polaris' all-new Ranger in the wild yet. We've seen their videos of them testing. We've seen the test results. But I want to see these things get out in a real world and go run and see what they're capable of. I'm not against electric. I'm not for electric. I'm right in the middle. I just think these UTVs need to, or electric UTVs, they need to show up, let's say. I probably wouldn't even care who Rindev is. If I hadn't seen an article about it and, and felt it, necessary to talk about on my show because I've talked about it before. But how cool would it be for somebody like Rindev or whoever these other electric companies are or even a company like Polaris to show up at the dunes or show up somewhere, some big event such as the Sand Sport Show this weekend and just mic drop an electric vehicle and show its performance instead of talking about it and start taking pre-orders and start taking people's money. Now, I get it from a business standpoint. It makes perfect sense. This new company needs income, even if it's just $100 per unit, to get going with production. I get that. But let's face it, unless you're getting a metric crap ton of pre-orders, $100 per unit pre-ordered is not going to build you a factory. At, a, at an MSRP starting at $29,999, $100 per pre-ordered unit without a whole bunch of people signing up is not going to build you one unit. You have to have benefactors. You have to have investors. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Now, you could get on the Robbie Gordon plan and just take a lot of money 
from a lot of people using your name and professional success and take a whole lot of money from a lot of people to start production of your UTV. I know it seems like I'm being harsh on Robbie today, and I am. I will fully admit it. The dude's getting on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook and telling telling people he's going to block them. And if, if you talk crap about his product, and he's going to, if you talk crap about his product on Facebook and you have a unit pre-ordered, he'll gladly cancel your order and give it to the next person in line when we know nobody has a unit yet anyway. So, throwing a lot of shade on Robbie Gordon this week and because it's a lot of fun. Dude's a successful racer and has had some lot of success in his life and then he's pulling this speed UTV crap. Just weird. If you missed any part of today's show or any other episodes, such as my early episode talking about electric UTVs, you can listen back anytime on your favorite streaming devices and apps such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you want to follow the show between episodes, Facebook.com, The Trail Talk Show, is where you'll see all the updates, bonus content, and more. And if you just want something to do, another person to follow as you browse Instagram or Twitter, you can give me a follow. Jordan Hewlett 63 on Instagram and Twitter. I want to thank you all for tuning in again this week. Um, this was another one of those kind of all over the place episodes, but uh, I have a lot of fun doing this show, whether one person or two people or eight people listen to it. I don't care how many people listen to it. I do this show for me and hopefully everyone enjoys it so if you would please rate and review give it five stars on itunes or wherever you listen and you can always visit anchor link down in the description leave me a voice message kind of a new feature well i don't think it's a new feature it's a feature that anchor has had for a while i've just finally decided to implement it in my podcast so link in the description of the show leave me a voice message who knows? I might even play it on air or call you back. You never know. Anyway, that is all I have for you guys this week. For the Trail Talk Show, I'm Jordan. So long, everybody.